Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this. There is no, somebody say no, no. fear in love. But perfect love casteth out, come on, kicks out all fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And then it says this little phrase at the end. We love him because he first loved us. Come on. So if you're in this room and you would say, I love God. Do we, let me see you. Come on. I love God. I love who he is. I love his word. I love, I love, I love that he loves me. Uh, if you would say that, you didn't start the party. God started the party. The only way we could love him is because he loved us. In fact, the only reason why we're even here today, continuing in this pursuit, is because God pursues us more than we pursue him. Come on, he is that one in the relationship that is always saying, I love you first. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes when you get someone that said, I love you first, then you're like, oh, man, I should have thought of it. You know, my daughter's like that. She's always like, Dad, I love you. And I'm like, dang it, I'm the dad. I should be. But God is that one in the relationship that's like, I love you. I love you. I'm for you. So if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear that today. Come on, amongst all the religion, amongst all the haters, amongst all the people telling you, you didn't work it out, you didn't do it right. Come on, give yourself some credit. You're here today, but let's give God more credit because the only reason why we're here today is because he first loved us. Come on, that's good news. That's the good news of the gospel. It's simple, but it's good. It's good news that when I'm unlovable, I'm messed up, I don't feel like I can love me or love God, God comes in and messes up the party and says, I love you. He says, I love you, and because he loves us, we can love him. And he says, inside of this love, there is no chance in heaven or hell that fear gets to live here. There is no chance because my love says, uh-uh, no, you don't get to live here. No, my love puts up no trespassing signs. My love locks the door, throws away the key, and kicks fear out of the room. Come on, that's good news. I don't know if that's good news for you, but that's good news for me. When we went to uh, start this church, we, we got this quote that was given to us that said, A scared world needs a fearless church. And that, that quote, uh, much like many scriptures in the Bible, just glowed to us. It was like the Lord was uh, put something on that. He put some stank on that. He said, I want you to hear this right here. A scared world needs a fearless church. And me and my wife looked at each other and we said, that's so strange. That, that, that stands out to us so much. And we started just going back in our Bible and looking up scriptures, this being one of them. You know, perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in love. And all of a sudden, we begin to say, man, we, we, we really feel a call to love people till they ask why. We feel a call to go out into a dark place and bring a bright light. We, we feel a call to love someone that is so broken that they feel like they can't even love themselves. And these scriptures begin to stick out to us because fear had destroyed a major portion of our life because we simply let fear uh, camp 
or let it stay over for a, a sleepover. You ever, you ever let fear kind of spend the night in the extra room? You can sleep on the couch. Don't come in my bedroom, but you can sleep on the couch. Um, don't eat my food. I'm only going to be here a few days. Uh, I got kicked out of my last home. I just need a few days to stay over. And so we let fear live with us for, for we thought was going to be a day or two. For, for me, ended up turning out to be 15, 20 years of my life. Uh, fear was like that weird roommate that doesn't pay rent, uh, that all of a sudden took your bed, is living in... You ever had someone that was a roommate start wearing your clothes and not ask you? <laughs> Happened to me. Uh, I, was, I was in college, and this guy, all of a sudden, he's walking out. I was like, dude, those are nice jeans. They kind of look like my jeans. <laughs> and he went in my closet and put on my clothes. Did not ask. I don't think he takes showers. And he was wearing my clothes. This is what fear will do to our lives. It stays way beyond its welcome, right? And it will never give you what it promises you. And so I thought, you know what, this little series up until conference that we're doing, we named our conference Fear Not. And we're just coming right at fear again and letting it know uh, that we're, we're not having any of that. We're not allowing fear to rule our lives anymore. And mostly because we know that, that when you fear God, you have to fear nothing else. That when you give awe to God, the Bible is very clear that, that we are to fear the Lord. It says stuff like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be wise? It starts with fearing God. Well, that sounds kind of like kind of weird because I thought God loved me. Why should I fear him? When we think of fear, we think of dictators. We think of uh, people that are manipulative and controlling. And we don't want to put God in that category. But when we realize the word fear is really... Uh, you know, could be traded out with the word awe, to give awe to God, that, that when we fear something, we're, we're really just giving it awe. When we fear sickness, we're really just saying, ah, this sickness has me. When, when we fear financial lack, we're just kind of saying, ah, I, I might get taken out here. Or, or if we could explain it this way, if you were to go on a safari and you met a, a lion for the first time and they got out of the car and, and you look at the lion, something inside of you would go, ah, shoot, right? I mean, you know, because the lion could destroy you. The, li the power of one swipe. I mean, you've watched the news. You've seen that guy that got a little too close to the line. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, poor guy, but that's not going to be me. Like, there's an awe that comes in, in when you're in the presence of something majestic, something more powerful than you. So how do we get in the presence of God and not be awed? And so God says the, the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding everything. And when we fear the Lord, we don't have to fear everything else. But when we fear everything else, we remove our awe from God and give it to something else. See, in every moment, you only have so much awe. You know, I'm sitting here with a, with a pit bull, and you're like, ah. And then a lion comes. You're like, oh, don't worry about the pit bull. Ah. Right? So, so your awe, it, it only has so much. So, so when we start giving awe to sickness... When we start giving awe to relationships that are falling apart, when we start giving awe to our boss or to man, we fear man, then we have to remove it from God and we have to give it to that thing. This is why the enemy works overtime at getting you to fear things that will never have power over you. Fear can be put like this, false evidence appearing real. 
and, and let me be the first to let you know, I haven't got this down. Fear appears real. And it comes in like a big bully in the high school hallway, and it goes, I'm taking you out. I'm, I'm, this is the end of your life. And if you catch how big your God is, if you know how amazing your God is, all of a sudden the awe that's there overrides anything that would come to tell you. Let me say it this way. Uh, let me say it this way. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me open this right here because I wrote this down. Disease cannot waste his power away. Fire cannot consume him. Force cannot crush him and has tried but missed it, only caused the anointing to flow out. Fraud cannot steal him. Death cannot destroy him, and the grave will never hold him. Let me, let me tell you all the things we're afraid of. We're afraid of death. We're afraid of fire. We're afraid of disease. We're afraid of force. We're afraid of fraud. We're afraid of the grave. But Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. In other words, I live inside of you, so if I'm with you, what do you have to give awe to? And so if we're going to be fearless, it means we're going to step closer to love and we're going to step away from the fear of man and stuff and this world. And we're going to step in awe of God, in fear of God. We're going to step closer to him. That's called love. And we're going to leave hate behind. We're going to leave rejection behind. We're going to leave hurt behind. Now, this is easy to amen about and shout about and preach about and very difficult to do can i get a witness okay last uh, couple years i found out that not only um does fear want to destroy your life but it wants to destroy your life when you're following god when i wasn't following god it was after me but when i was following god it seemed to not leave trying to destroy my life in fact the new way fear worked in my life recently was it kept trying to get me. It knew it couldn't take me away from God, but it kept trying to get me ahead of God. And when you get ahead of God, you're like, I'm doing great. I'm like, I'm not just godly. I'm ahead of godly. I'm not just pursuing my dreams. I'm hunting them down. I am going after it with fasting and prayer and passion and fire and an amen. But I've found that you can get ahead of God because God doesn't just have, he doesn't just have power, he has a plan. And his plan is usually slower than I thought it would be. <laughs> I know you can handle God's yes, but have you been able to handle his no? Not yet. Wait another month. <laughs> you ain't gonna talk to me off. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna catch up with me off. You, you never had it. You never, you never got ahead of God. You never, you never kind of like, okay, it's turning green. Okay, I'm just gonna go early. And you got hit by a car. This is in my life. I found that stress didn't just come when I wasn't following God. Stress came in serving God, but getting ahead of the God I was serving. And it's funny because even though I'm trying to do the right thing in trying to do it in the wrong moment it was the wrong thing even though i was pursuing the right thing and i kept messing it up and the more i'd mess it up i felt like god was mad at me and he was upset at me and, and then i would try to control it so i wouldn't mess up again but how many of you guys know that control is the first part of fear 
long as I control this, everything's going to go good. And then how many times have you found out that things still go bad? <laughs> as long as I don't get any sick people around me, I'm not going to ever get sick. Oh, yep, you're going to get sick. It's going to get cold in L.A. and you're going to catch something you didn't even know was there. I'm going to control my finance. I'm going to do everything I need to do. And I'm never going to go broke. I'm never going to be like my parents. I'm never going to be like those people. And guess what? You control, you control, you control. You're doing the right thing, but in the wrong timing. You're doing the right thing, but not trusting God. You get ahead of God, and it's stressful. There's anxiety out here. There's worry out here. Fear's attacking you at every level. Hey, you're going to talk to me, right? Do I got a witness out there? Do I got anybody out there that said, man, I, I, I feel you? I feel you because I've gotten into this thing called the call and, I, and God had a word over me and I'm trying to make the word happen now. Now I'm carrying all the weight. Now I'm carrying all the burden and I am burned out. Have you ever been burned out? Burned out on building relationships? I don't want one more friend. I don't want one more text buddy. I don't, I don't need another... Another social media thing. I'm just burned out. Have you ever just felt sick looking at social media? Like, you know, I can't look at. You just needed a, a detox. I, I just need a detox. I'm burned out. I'm relationship burned out. I'm emotionally burned out. I'm physically burned out. I'm spiritually burned out. There are four kinds of burnout. Four kinds of burnout, and they all lead into each other. So don't, 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 don't think that ultimately the enemy is not going after your spirit. Because he may start with your physical being. He may start with your relational being or your emotional being. But ultimately, he's going after your spirit. He's trying to get you to tap out. He's trying to get you to say, I thought God worked, but he just doesn't work for me. I thought those stories were real, but... How many Christians have you met that used to be Christian? That I used to go to church. Those are the angry ones. There's no one in the world that's, that's like, uh, they, they just woke up angry at Christians. It was because they used to be a Christian. They got hurt in the church, and they don't like the church. And they got wounded, and they got stressed, and they got frustrated because they got ahead of God. Anger in Christianity comes when you're serving ahead of God. It's more about a position than what you're doing. Because we know that God has called us to be servants. Not to just serve his kingdom, but to be servants. It's not even a, a thing we do every once in a while. It's who we are. This is our job. We are servants. And we know that God himself came down to this earth uh, not to be served, but to serve. So it's not a question if we're going to serve, but it's from the position in which we serve. We have to change our position if we want to be a shining star, not a shooting star. I'm so tired of reading one more pastor in the news that had an affair on his wife. I'm so tired of hearing about one more person that I used to be a Christian, but it just wasn't all it's cracked up to be. As if the gospel lost its power. As if Jesus stopped loving and stopped caring. I'm sick and tired of seeing believers burn out. And they say amongst any generation, the millennial generation is burning out faster than the other generations. And so with us having a millennial church, I thought it might be good today if we're going to fear not. If we come at a full at attack on burnout and say, you know what, we're going to burn for our Jesus, not burn out. 
physical burnout. I found out that, you know, my, my eventual almost spiritual burnout began with physical burnout. It began when I got tired of trying to eat right because it wasn't doing anything. I mean, I'm the kind of guy that when I look at food, it jumps in me. I don't know how it happens. I don't even have to eat it. I just pass it and smell. I don't know if it's those like microorganisms inside the air that somehow get into my body, but I have the kind of body shape that likes to be in shape, a different shape. And if I, I work hard to have this shape. I'm just, y'all think this is natural. This ain't natural. My wife eats cookies. I've been posting on Instagram just to let you know I ain't lying. At like 9, 10 at night, she's eating cookies, and I don't know where those cookies go. They just go right through her, and she looks great. But I, I, I began to get physical burnout because I stopped working out. I stopped uh, eating healthy. I gave up because what's the use? When I try to eat right, nothing goes good. Can, can I get a witness? Anybody else that has to work hard and sometimes you feel burned out in that. And then that led to no sleep, not enough sleep. I wasn't sleeping through the night. And you know, if you don't sleep, you ain't going to reset. Someone once told me, uh, they said, you don't really sleep until 12 p.m. at night and, you, and, and from 12 to 5 a.m. you get sleep. And they asked me, they said, so in the last three years, how much have you slept? Because you can only calculate it from 12 to 5 a.m. And I said, wow, I've gotten like three hours. Because I'm a night owl. I'm a creative. I like to stay up all night and do what I'm doing. But I'm just going to tell you, if you keep going at that rate, your physical being was not made to run like that. God designed the sun and life to reset us. He, he, he gave us a body that grows on purpose. He gave us muscles that are supposed to work. You, don't, you understand what I'm saying? And so I know I'm not going to get any very many amens there. That's okay. Just from the CrossFit people. Uh, and, and then, have you ever been in relational burnout? <laughs> Just not another relationship. Most of you are like, I'm not going on another date for the rest of my life. He's going to have to find me in a cave, and I'm never going to wear makeup. He's going to have to like me like I am. <laughs> right? We go, we go from one spectrum to the next. We're burned out. We're like, hey, I'm not ever looking at a dude again. Never looking at a girl again. I'm, ne I'm never, I thought I was going to have kids. I'm just not going to have kids. I'm going to adopt by myself. <laughs> you get ready because if you thought that spouse was going to put some stress on your relationships, those kids for sure are. For sure. <laughs> I want to kill my kids almost every day. I haven't yet. So you know God is alive in me. That's a miracle. Emotional burnout. You ever burned, burned out in your emotions? You feel numb. Feel drained. Have the inability to express how you really feel. Spiritual burnout. While you pour into others, neglecting who God called you to be. Can lead to spiritual burnout. Now, now let me say this. Burnout doesn't come because of what we're doing. It comes because of the position in which we do it. The position, when we get in front of God, burnout comes. Because we can only burn without him for so long. He describes it like this in, in the Bible. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, ahead of me, or behind me, you can do nothing. 
but I've cut myself with the cross so you could be grafted into me. So what is life in me will kill the death in you. When you are plugged into God and running with him, you can run into any fight and be okay. You can run into any problem and make it through to the other side. When you're plugged into where God's at and you're walking with him in his timing, you won't go crazy. You won't lose your mind. You won't be depressed. You won't be anxious. You know, every time I start getting anxious, I go, oh, I know what I did. I started thinking this was my church. I started thinking these were my people. I started thinking these were my kids. I was going crazy because I thought I was a bad dad because you were bad kids. But I realized I'm just stewarding God's kids. I'm just stewarding his church. And the best way I can steward God's church is to get with God. Let me ask you this. Who do you think will be better to live the Christian life? You or God? See, God doesn't want to take you all your talents, all your abilities, fix you up and then twist the back thing and send you in motion and leave you hanging and say, watch him go. What God wants to do is he wants to say, you lived your life. You did okay. You had some ups. You had some victories. You had some defeats. More defeats than victory, but I'm just being nice. Now bring me your life. Lose your life for my sake. Now let me live the life you should have lived through you. See, here's, here's what I pray every day. God, I'm not, I'm not just giving you my fixed up me and so you can send me out. God, live through me. When someone's tough to love, God, love through me. When it's tough to have peace, God, have peace through me. When you feel like quitting and giving up, say, God, get up off this mat through me. Come on, we got, we got to put them back in the driver's seat, and we got to say, I, 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 I torched this car, I crashed this car, and God, you said, I redeemed this car, and you got in, God, get back in the driver's seat. I don't know what I was doing up there. I'm just a kid. Put me in the back. Buckle me up. I don't even need to be by the airbags. Get me out of here doesn't mean you get off the ship. It just means you get in a new position in the car. Martha and Mary. Martha is up serving. She's going crazy. She's fixing things. She's trying to make God happy. You ever try to make God happy? No, not you. Not me. Huh? God, are you happy with me? Um, are you happy yet? I'm worshiping now. I'm giving. Are you happy with me? I've showed up to church 32 times this year. Are you happy with me? And, and then we find out we're, we, we need to clean some up. We need to work on some. And we get mad at God because we're like, God, I was doing all this. Why? Because we were trying to earn God's love. And, and he can't do it like that. So, so Martha was up. She was working. She was doing things. She was cleaning things. She was doing it for Jesus. She was trying to make Jesus happy. What she didn't realize is Jesus was already happy. If you see a picture of Jesus like this, you got the wrong Jesus because Jesus is like this. Jesus ain't never known depression inside of himself. He ain't never known something he had to figure out. He's never had to figure it out. He's never said, give me a minute. He's never said that. Why? Because he is God all by himself. He's sitting in her house. Jesus is in my house. And Mary is at his feet. She's washing his feet. She's worshiping at his feet. And Jesus doesn't get it mad at Mary. You know who gets mad at Mary? Martha. You know where angry Christians come from? People that get ahead of God. What are you doing? Aren't you going to serve? Aren't you going to get up and do something? Come on. When are you going to do something? All you do is just sit at his feet. Jesus, would you reprimand her? Because I need help over here. 
And Jesus says, no, 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 there's, there's only one thing that's needed. And she chose it. Now that's like a, okay. So Martha's like, so you don't want the cake? And Jesus goes, I'm allergic to gluten. I mean, I tried to stop you. But you were so busy building the cake you thought I wanted. You were so far from my voice being distracted by stuff. Being distracted by the vision I gave you. That you missed what I really wanted. Wouldn't it be sad to get to heaven and find out that God does not like what you've been baking? Wouldn't it be sad to bake him an apple pie? Work your whole life to bake him an apple pie. And then you get there and God's like, thank you so much. And you're like, everything okay? Yeah, it's great. You don't like it, huh? I don't like apple pie. I wanted a blueberry pie. But if you would have been in the position of Mary, see, it's not about not serving. This, this scripture is not saying we're not to be servants. Mary was serving. She was so close to his voice that anything Jesus really needed, he could have whispered to her. See, this is the place that we have to serve. If we serve outside of this, we'll get burned out doing things we think God wants while missing the only thing he desires. See, it's this position that is our greatest position of service. But it doesn't mean that God goes, hey, I'd like a drink of water. We're like, oh, sorry, I'm just soaking. Just relaxing. Get your own water, Jesus. Right? I'm just relaxing in the presence. I just really need this time. No, no, that's not, that's not what this scripture is about. The scripture is about, oh, I can hear you now. Oh, what do you need? Oh, great. Awesome. I'm going to go get it. Excuse me. Martha, what are you doing? You're all angry. Just getting him what he wants. He's like apple pie. Right? And I had to learn this in my own life. Because I was so busy. Just trying to, because what happens, you get this vision and it's awesome and it's incredible. And you're like, yeah, come on. And you're like, go. And you just run. And God's like, wait, 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 wait for me. Like, like no, you're not going to do it. It's not your, you, you can't do it. It's too big for you. Remember who you were when I called you? Not noble, not, you, you, weren't, you weren't the head, you were the, look, you're nothing without me. Apart from you, you can do nothing. Look, look, get with me, walk with me. This is where we burn for Jesus. Notice that Mary was a Christian, but she wasn't angry. What if this year we could be Christians, but not be angry? What if we don't be those irritated Christians? <laughs> what if we just... Here, here, here's another verse. Let me see. You, you want more? Okay. Um, That's good, huh? Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28 says this. And let's, let's read the, the message version because I really like it uh, first. And then we'll read the, the other one next. Are you tired? Check. <laughs> That's me. Are you worn out? Uh, other hand. Are you burned out on religion? Feet, both feet and hands. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take 
a real rest. Walk with me. And I thought we weren't going to work. I thought we were going to rest. Uh, walk with me. We're going to rest. Walk with me and we'll work with me. Huh. So it wasn't, it wasn't what she was doing. It was the position in which she did it. I won't lay anything. Oh, watch it. And then he says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, I love this, rhythms of grace. I love this because I'm a drummer. There's drummers that are like real, you know, it's like, dude, you're forcing it. Just chill. Just get in the beat. Just get in the groove. God's saying, look, there's a, there's a, there's a groove of grace. There's a rhythm of grace that I have for you. You're going to do things, and you're not, you're not going to sweat. You're not going to stress. You're not going to freak out because there's this rhythm of grace. It's not going to be difficult. You're going to fit in with the band. Look, look, stop getting ahead of the band. Stop. Jesus is like, I'm the bass player. You're the drummer. Just get in line with what I'm playing. Come on. Just get caught up. Fit in the rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Uh, keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and light and lightly. Good. Okay, let's, let's look at this in the NIV version. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love that for everything the world offers, for all the things that my doctor told me when I was stressed out, have you tried yoga? You should read this book. You should do this in the morning. Say this four times. Jesus doesn't say any of that. He says one thing. Come to me. Buddha says do 10 things. Muhammad says do 20 things. Your favorite newsletter or newspaper will tell you the 10 top things to do this year to be stress-free. But God says do one thing. If you get with me, Stress has to leave. If you come to me, fear has to leave. If you come to me, worry and weariness has to be gone. If you come get with me, Jesus, look, and I know it's simplistic, and I know it's too easy, and it can't make sense because life is complicated, and this stress is multi-layered. You ever, you ever been having a, you're like, I am complicated in my world, and it's like, hey, hey you know, when, when your life is like this, people go, just cheer up, and you're like, Praise the Lord. Just cheer up. That didn't help me. Just buck up, big guy. It's too multi-layered for that. Can't just get up. I've been broken here. Been hurt here. Been wounded here. Been abandoned here. You really want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Right? But God goes in the midst of all that. He goes, I'm not giving you layers. I'm giving you one thing. It doesn't mean because it's simplistic that it's simplistic. Just because he doesn't explain it to you does not mean he doesn't have layers. Because if there's anything that has layers, it's my Jesus. You see, my Jesus has so many layers that on three different layers, bowing takes place just at his name. I don't know how he did it, but he created the universe with the spoken word. He breathed life into me. He chose me and knit me together before my mom ever thought I was a thought. He has multi-layers, but he's like, we don't really have time to explain it. 
So let me just make it simple for you. Come to me. I'll fix it. Come to me. We'll change it. Come to me and we'll work it all out. You don't need to worry about the if, when, how. If, if you wait till the if, in, how, how then, then you got to be God. And as long as you're God, you're out here trying to be God. And out here, there's stress. There's anxiety. There's worry. But Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. If you abide in me, you have life and life to the all. Oh, preaching better than your shout. You will have life and life to the fullest. I'll give you rest. And then as soon as he's done saying that, he says, all right, here's how it's going to work. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke Y-O-K-E is easy and my burden is light. See, in my Christian walk, I thought he said Y-O-L-K. <laughs> I like over hard yokes, but if you're going to give me an easy yoke, we can sit back in our glass slippers and we can chill out. You're going to give me rest. I'm in a season of yoke. I'm in a season of rest. Don't bother me. I'm in a season of rest. I thought we were servants of the most high God. Oh, I will be a servant, but right now I'm just resting. I got my yoke. God gave me my yoke. He gave me my breakfast. Now, that's not the word. The word is Y-O-K-E. God goes, I'm going to give you rest. And you're like, yeah. When he says he wants to give you rest, everyone wants to go. But when he says how we're going to do it, we're like, well, how's that going to work out? He says, take on this working thing take on we're going to do something together and it's going to give you rest what i thought i was going to rest oh you will rest but you're going to rest with me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light you see what, what we have to understand is how they we've heard of unequally yoked but do you know what it looks like to be equally yoked you know, we've heard of unequally yoked. It's a scripture we use that don't date someone who's not a believer. You know, unequally yoked. No, no. Have you seen? And this is what it means to yoke two ox. They, they yoke them to do the work of the field. But this is what an equally yoked ox looks like. In an equally yoked ox situation, they will always take a stronger, more mature, more developed, has seen a few more fields ox, and they will place it with a young, immature, fearful, never plowed a field ox. And this is the picture that God is talking about. He's saying, look, come get with me. If you get with me, the more mature, the stronger, the more passionate, the one who knits you together in your mother's womb, get with me and we're going to plow together. We're going to work together. And here's what I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach you how to do it. Each step. It's not that you need to stop working because then you would be sitting in the stall while the world goes to hell and you have something to do about it. No, no. Come get with me. Come get with me in my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And know why it's been a burden lately? Because you've gotten the yoke by yourself. You've been plowing by yourself. You've seen the harvest and you've been trucking along and you tripped up in the hole and you got 
stuck in the mud. He said, I don't want anything to do with the harvest. It was killing me. It was taking me out. And God said, look, you did it wrong. The wrong position, not the wrong thing. You were doing the right thing in the wrong position. Come get with me and I will give you rest. Come get with me and I'll teach you. Come on, go slow right here. There's a big rock right here. We're going to walk slow right here. Oh, go left right here. I know he's telling you to go right, but go left. I'm telling you, there's a hole right here. I've been down this field before. Move a little faster. There's some mud. Come on. High knees. High knees. Come on. You're going to make it through this. Or, hey, here comes fear. Here comes worry. Don't freak out. I got a verse for this one. Here's the verse. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. You're going to make it through this. Or, come on. Come on. Come on. Just keep going. Just look on right on past that relationship. I know she looked good, but she ain't yours. Come on, keep going. I know he sound right, but he's faking it. Come on, keep going. Just keep moving. I know it looks like the paycheck has gone down, but I'm about to give you a raise. Come on, keep moving. Keep moving. Oh, I know it's gone down, but I'm going to protect you even when it goes down. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to show you that I am God. Come get with me. You see, in our generation, it says, you need it faster. God says, no. That's good. Microwave meals are okay. But if you really want to get in the kitchen and taste something right, we got to do it from scratch. Oh, you taste all the flavors. We planned which parts to put in it. It was timed and processed. and We put love. You ever, you ever ate someone's cooking? They go, I put love in it. You're like, I can taste it. It's also giving me some love handles. God wants to cook something up with your life that is from scratch. He's an, he's an artist. He didn't want no TV dinners. He didn't want no microwave dreams. So how do we do that? Look, here, here's how I'm going to try to live my life. I'm just going to keep my head like this. Sometimes I get my head up at the field and I get freaked out. Like, how am I going to do all that? And God's like, get over here. You ain't going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. You know why Peter started sinking? Because he went like this. Wow, that's pretty cool what I'm doing. And all of a sudden God's like, hey, 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 hey. Slow down. Keep your eyes on me. You're going to be okay. Come on, Mary. Quit being Martha. Come on, he doesn't want a human doing. He wants a human being. Come on, be in his presence and you'll know how to walk. Don't come visit him like you let fear move in. Let him move in. <laughs> he bought the house. I share this with you because every month, the statistics are that 1,500 pastors quit the ministry. And if that many pastors quit serving Jesus, then I wonder how many church people do. I'm telling you this because 80% of pastors feel underqualified and discouraged in the call of God that's on their life. I wonder if that many pastors feel that way. How many Christians feel discouraged and underqualified? 50% of pastors that are alive today say if someone would pay them the same amount of money, they would quit the ministry tomorrow to do it. Why is that? There's no joy in it anymore. Why? Because I became Martha, and I'm mad at all the Marys. You know what happens? We just have to repent.
You know what happens most of the time, though, when we get far ahead of God and we get burned out, we go, all right, I know how to fix this. I'm going to do the same thing I did to get up here. I'm going to take it into my own hands. I'm going to go way back here. I'm going to sit in the stall and recoup. That's not the word. The word is, get with me. And we'll do great things. You know, I preach this because most of our church came from another church. You know why most people don't want to get involved and be a part of the church? is because they got burned and hurt at another church. And we're just waiting, waiting in the stall while the harvest rots. God says, we need some strong ox. We need some people that have been through some things. You missed it last time, but don't, don't give up. This is not the end of your race. This is not the end of your journey. I got more for you. There are greater things ahead of you than are behind you. Come on, don't run from your call. Don't run ahead of your call. Say, God, show me, teach me, train me, walk with me, teach me every step. Look, look I, 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 know, I know it's difficult. It's a lot. I've been there. I've said things like, I never want to see another person in my life. I've thought of how to take my own life because I was so depressed, so anxious. Because while serving God, I got so far ahead of God. God is calling you back to intimacy. Come on, Jeremy. We can do this. This is not your church. It's not your field. It's mine. But I choose to share in the work. They say the most depressed person in the world is a person without a job. See, when God wants to give you self-worth, he gives you a job to feel purpose and destiny. In the kingdom, you don't just get saved. He goes, son, why don't you work for me? I, I, I saved you. I brought you into this life. Now I'm going to give you a job in the company. Come on, come work with me. Let's see souls won. Let's see lives changed. Let's see worlds shifted. But, but don't get ahead of me. Don't get behind me. Get right beside me. Galatians 6, 9, 6, 9 says this. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap a harvest if we do not grow weary. The enemy can't destroy you, so he's just trying to make you tired. He can't remove you from God, so he's trying to get you to remove God from you. But worship enthrones him in our praises. No matter how far ahead we've got, worship puts us in the center of his will. So today, as we worship, I want you to begin to sing out these words, and I want you to let it recalibrate you recenter you and every time you start getting stressed out you do this you just put on some music put on some worship or start singing your own song and you recalibrate there's something about recalibrating there's something about saying god i don't understand but that's okay i'm gonna trust that you do this seems too simple but god you are in the simple you are in the mundane you are in the ordinary and you're gonna do something extraordinary through this worship through this praise and so right now where you're at you know, you know what repentance is? Repentance is changing our mind. What if today we repented for getting ahead of God and we repented from taking ourselves out of the game? And we say, God, I repent. I change my mind. God, I trust 
that wherever you have me, you're going to walk with me. You're going to guide. You're going to teach me how to pay my bills. You're going to teach me how to be an adult. Come on. It's called adulting. You're going to teach me how to do this life. You're going to teach me how to be a dad. You're going to teach me how to be a father. I don't know how. No one ever taught me, but I'm not going to blame it on that. God, I'm going to ask you, train me in this field. Train me in my harvest field. Train me in my area. Some of you are in the area, your harvest field is fashion. Some of you, your harvest field is blogging. Some of you in this house, your harvest field is a new business. Some of your harvest field is your family. Come on, train me in my field. Teach me how to run this race. Teach me how to walk this journey. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.